Hey everyone, it's LPJ. I hope you've been enjoying our show and the other podcasts on GameZilla Media. We invite you to check us out on patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. You can support us at either the $1 or $5 tier. If you become a patron at the $5 tier, you get a ton of additional content, including the post credit scene, our monthly Patreon show. Thanks for your support, and hasta la vista, baby. In 1997, Mother Teresa dies in Calcutta, Princess Diana is killed in a car crash, the Heaven's Gate cult commits mass suicides, Mike Tyson bites off Evander Holyfield's ear, and Special Agent Sean Archer bites off more than he can chew by going deep undercover as his seemingly dead arch-nemesis, Caster Troy. It's time! For the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. I am Hovercraft Joe, and sitting directly across from me is LPJ. Hi. What up? And manning the boards, the Sphinx. What is up, Hovercraft Joe? And LPJ. <laughs> that was almost as bombastic as anything we saw in this movie. That's kind of what I got to get myself... <laughs> acting like in for this episode because man what a fucking movie we got here today <laughs> i'm so excited to about this <laughs> and uh i, I want to personally thank our guests sitting across from us the arcade phantom himself hey guys G- great to be here i'm glad very glad you're here i am yeah. very glad you brought us this movie oh my god it is one of the most ridiculous movies ever <laughs> yes I, I so let's we're, so we're, we're talking about face off 1997's Face Off. Everyone's got to do the Face Off. Face Off. We're all taking our hands and moving them away from our faces. I want to take his face and take it off. (laughs) That was good. That's what he fucking did in the movie. I know. Uh, So let's talk just briefly about our our first experience with this movie. So so Arcade Phantom, uh, what... What's your first experience with Face Off? So Face Off, I actually went to a sneak preview of as a kid. Hold on, let's let's set the stage here. Let's get an age from so, when you did this. 1997, I would have been 12 at the time. <laughs> That's I awesome. love that. My dad's working for Snapple, and he's got all these hookups for movie tickets. Yeah. So we start. I don't getting, know how that totally connects, but okay. <laughs> when you got vendor deals, you, okay, you make right. deals with people. They give you movie tickets to the theater. I just thought maybe you're drinking Snapples one day. Like, hey, you want to go see Face Off? <laughs> <laughs> you so, want to take someone's face off? <laughs> so he tells me I'm going to go to an action movie with him. I'm like, okay, what are we going to go see? Face Off. I have no clue what this movie is. Oh, hockey Little movie. Little 12-year-old me goes in there, and I'm yeah, I'm thinking hockey movie, maybe <laughs> something cool. Maybe maybe it's a slasher. I don't know. <laughs> And I see Nicolas Cage, and I'm thinking, like, this guy's a little over the top in this. <laughs> little, oh my god, I love this man. Uh, why am I so in love with this man? I need to go watch The Rock right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we've done that episode. Oh, yeah, so. as a matter of fact. Yeah. 
Uh, first time I saw this movie was sitting down in the living room with my whole family. <laughs> and, and, oh, as per usual, yeah, it's another one. I was a, I was eleven, so great family flick for everyone to watch. And uh, I remember really liking it as a kid, probably for the same reason. This movie's fucking fantastic. It's wild. It's crazy. I don't know any better. I'm eleven. <laughs> We saw this in the theater. A hundred percent, we saw. We it saw this the probably opening night. Oh yeah, at this this point in time when it came out, yeah, we definitely saw it when. Well, the bill night. is huge, right? I mean, well, yeah. I was. I remember right being so pumped for this movie. Yeah, like I was off the wall pumped for this one because we were on a big John Woo kick. Yeah, at least I was, um, and uh, and then you know. Travolta and Cage were huge then. Yeah, and and the uh, one thing is that they this came out. What did they say? Like a, just a couple weeks after Con Air. Yeah. So yeah. like I'm sure we went and saw Con Air too. Oh yeah. And we were just like, yeah, Nicholas Cage. And you're a year or two after Broken Arrow, and then you know Travolta had that whole list of we talked about in that episode. They're not all coming to mind, but he was doing movie after movie after movie too sure. at that era. I mean, these were I would say. Along with Will Smith, the two biggest actors of the time. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. So do you guys know what other movie opened the same night as Face Off? Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. No. But Is this, so, can, we, can we make this a pop quiz, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, make it a pop, pop quiz. All right, here we go. Ooh. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, so we got to guess. Uh, it's 97? 1997. Is it Titanic? Nope. Uh, right. That's what my guess was going to be. Uh, Men in Black. Nope. Oh, 97. Uh, no, I wasn't fan of Menace. Um, I have no idea. So, Walt Disney Pictures opened up Hercules the same night as Face Off. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. Man. Oh, man. We switch we saw in the theater as well. I don't think I saw Hercules. <laughs> we saw Hercules. I don't know about that. What was my hair out? I remember we sold the toys at McDonald's because we worked there, but I don't <laughs> we, remember seeing I know we saw it in the All theater. Right. How cute. Little little date for Hovercraft Joe and LPJ. Well, we worked Hercules. there. We worked at McDonald's, and they had all the McDonald's toys. <laughs> so uh, as we kind of talked about a little bit, release date on this of June 19th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shit, we probably saw this for your birthday. Yeah, it's really close to my birthday. Uh, budget, $80 million. Domestic gross, 112 Worldwide, $245 million. So a hit. I mean, not like... Wow, that's weird. I would have thought it would have been a much bigger hit than this. I mean, that's it's still a hit, but it's not like a out of control gargantuan hit based that's on true. how much it costs to make. I, you know, I watched a couple of the online old trailers of this movie. It's bonkers. <laughs> so I think some people might have been like, I don't know about this. It might have turned some people away, even though you have the two names. I guess potentially it could have. I mean, the, I mean, the movie's called fucking Face Off, and they're lifting faces off of each <laughs> other and putting them on. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. That's that's uh, the plot. As far as the the top grossing films of '97, we've covered this one a couple of times. This movie came in 11th mm-hmm. in the box office for the year. Uh, the top three: Titanic, obviously, yep. Men in Black, and The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done two other movies from 1997. I don't know if you can remember either of them. One is 15, and is we already mentioned it in this episode. Broken uh, Arrow. No, Con Air. Oh, Con Air. And then the other one, number 35, is our buddy Paul Verhoeven, Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a good film. <laughs> that was a good year. Yeah. I mean, those are just the ones that were the top three we covered. There were a lot of good ones in there. I, I remember seeing Hercules on the list. So yep. So you said it made $245 million? Yeah. Globally. Uh, globally, yeah. So adjusted for inflation, that's about $391 million. Okay. 
So that's not too bad. No, no based that's on, in line with a Marvel movie right now. Yeah, but not for the amount of money that it would that they that they that it costs. Yeah, we're saying that true. we're saying that the the profit on that wasn't as high as we would expect it. Yeah, because I mean, especially if you just think domestic, if you spent eighty million to make it and you only made one hundred and twelve in return domestic, right? Plus, you're, yeah. you're that doesn't even factor in advertising costs. Yeah, you're because you're probably looking at twenty million in advertising. Yep, yep. Oh, and just to kind of finish off this little bit, the the Rotten Tomatoes on this ninety two percent. Wow, which I was like, wow. yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Ninety two percent. And the audience score of 82%. Yeah, I, I would have totally thought a Rotten Tomatoes would have been like in the 40s. I remember the critics really, really digging this and really, really praising um, Travolta and Nick Cage's performances. And I mean, John Woo so is a pretty right respected now, action director. Yeah, so. At this time, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was surprising when I saw that 92. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Hmm. All right. Up next, we're going to do a new segment. A brand new segment. Brand new segment. Right. So we're calling it Taglines. So does it involve taglines? It does. So I am very spot on name for the segment. I know IMDb uh, shows on their website for each of our movies the taglines. You know the the key thing that they try to give out on a poster or promotion to try and sell it. Some of these are pretty outrageous. Some of them are pretty fun to discuss. So I'm going to go ahead and give them to you in my best. Trailer voice as I can do. So, first off, in order to catch him, he must become him. I remember that one. That was yeah, I remember good. that one. Was that in the trailer? Yeah. Okay. To destroy your enemy, you must find him, face him, and then become him. <laughs> that one's a little wordy. That was a little. It's a little long. <laughs> a little on the nose too. <laughs> this is the plot of the movie. <laughs> This, one, this one's bad. It's like looking in a mirror, only not. That was yeah. terrible. Oh, my God. That that's my favorite so bad. That's like, I feel like that's a, that's one Nick Cage actually wrote himself. <laughs> and the last one, only one will survive. I feel like that's so generic. Yeah, that's like, that's like oh, so like basically any movie ever. Yeah. That's basically Alien vs. Predator. Whoever wins, we lose, or whatever it was. Or yeah. any superhero movie or yeah. something. Anything where two people fight each other. <laughs> one of them will win, the yes. other one will not. So that are, those are our taglines for Face Off. Good stuff. We hope you enjoyed them. Not bad. Let's right. do some lightning round? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, uh, oh Arcade oh. Fan, we do a lightning round? <laughs> Where, he knows. Uh, he's been he listening to our show. I've been listening to your show. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Making sure he's got this. All right. Here we go. How long did Nick Cage and John Travolta spend time together? Two weeks. Nice. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first real life face transplant done? 2012. Yes, it was. Do you know why? What did the guy do to himself? He shot himself in the face. He sure did. <laughs> why did John Woo want to keep the slash in the title? He didn't want people to think it was a hockey movie. Correct. Damn. You guys are got it. It's like the Micro Machines man over here. <laughs> Based on Caster Troy's much higher than normal A1C, what disease Diabetes. does he have? Diabetes. Oh, shit. <laughs> and John Woo did another movie with the great man about diabetes. What, what is it, LPJ? Hard Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LPJ, remember that? With Wilford Brimley? I, I believe Dive, we're in the middle of like diving. around. Oh, this. yeah, so I got distracted. <laughs> what are the names Sean Archer and Castor and Pollux named after? The stars. 
Correct. Constellation, Sagittarius, and Gemini. Gemini. There's a second answer for Castor and Pollux. They're the sons of somebody, Caesar or something like that, or somebody, or... Zeus. Zeus, okay. They were kind of there. Yeah, I knew they were sons. The magnetic boots at the prison are in another movie. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Correct. That's yeah, a pop quiz. The Goombas. Sorry, I didn't mean to take that away from you. That's all right. Who sang the version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow in the film? I don't got this one. Uh, Julie Garland. No, Travolta did a movie with her. Oh, oh Olivia it's Olivia Newton-John. Newton John. It's yeah. Olivia Newton-John. And lastly, how many people does Castro Troy kill? 77. Nope. That's the, the way 12. Close. 15. 20 ah. is the answer there. How about Archer? <laughs> Throw it in there. Uh, None. Yeah. One. No. Yeah, one. I, it said four. I mean, he kills both of the brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. And That's true, yeah. I don't know who the other two would be at this moment. Well, he, he kills Caster Troy. Yeah, I mean, that's the brothers. Oh. One of the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he kills uh, his... Doesn't he kill his henchman? Uh, oh, he kills uh, with the heart attack. His boss. Oh, but that's Castro Troy as Travolta. He, See, then it gets confusing there, too. He probably oh, kills... He probably, <laughs> he probably kills some people in that opening scene, the shootout and stuff like that. Oh, like oh, on probably. the plane? Yeah. yeah, you might be right there. Because he's fucking going nuts. <laughs> So there we go. There's our lightning round. Nice. Do we want to talk about the cast? Yep. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned, John Travolta as Sean Archer. Uh, no, he's Castro Troy. <laughs> well, he's both. <laughs> uh, and Nicolas Cage as Castro Troy. Uh, no, he's Sean Archer. <laughs> um, Joan Allen as Eve Archer. Uh, she looks like a grandma. Anyone else feel that way? Yeah, she definitely she does not looks, fit. She definitely part. looks older yeah. than... Yeah, she looks older. Uh, Gina Gershon as Sasha Hasler. Yes, Hasler. And then a couple of other people, but those are probably LPJ. Maybe we'll speak to him. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> are you asking me to say the rest of the cast? Yeah. Oh, like Dominic Swan. She's a. She's a Jamie Archer. She's the a daughter, right? Yeah, daughter. She's a famous actress, or it goes on to become a more famous actress. Nick Cassavetes is actually. Um, I think he's the cousin of Nick Cage. And is he the bald guy? Yes, and okay. he's actually a famous director as well. Right, oh. and and uh, Alessandro Nivola was yeah. uh, Pollux. Correct. Yep. And then uh, Thomas Jane's in this. Yeah, I kept seeing that, yeah, but I didn't where? realize who he was. Yeah, I didn't realize it either. Okay, so you know the prisoner that's talking to uh, Castor Troy, like his his, his buddy that for, like when so when Castor Troy when Nick Cage first gets to the prison mm-hmm. and he gets picked on like right away. Oh, you yeah. mean Sean Archer. <laughs> when he gets picked on right away, the guy that picks on him right away is Thomas Jane. Oh, shit. And then he's oh. the guy that follows him around afterward and becomes his buddy. Oh, okay. That's Thomas Jane. I did not realize that oh, at I all. I didn't either. He, he, must... speaks with, he speaks with that weird accent. Oh, wow. It does he look, look like a lot him. different, too, then? Or does he, he has look... long hair and, like, and glasses, he's glasses, glasses and he's a little pudgy. Oh, that's why I probably... Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because like I, curly I hair. saw that when I was doing the notes, and I'm like, Thomas Jane wasn't in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And then, uh, like, Danny Masterson is in this. Yeah, he's Carl. He's Carl, who gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those are the only ones I had. John Carroll Lynn. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Not John sure. Carroll Lynch, he's, he was in The Walking Dead. He was the guy that... Oh, he was uh, one of the guards. His, he looked familiar. Yeah, he was the head guard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you want to do the net worth then? Yes. Yes, we do. 
Okay, let us start with uh, Pollux Troy himself, Alessandro Nivola. Got a guess? Two million. Okay. So we're, is, has he been in other stuff? I don't know. One million. I'm going to put him at uh, six million because I think he's been in other stuff. He has been in other stuff. He's at three million. All right. Okay. Uh, next, Gina Gershon. Um, five million. Three. <clears throat> Two. I feel like she would have blown it. All really close, four million. Oh. Okay. Uh, next, Joan Allen. Ten. Seven. I'm going to go low. I'm going to go six. Eight million. Okay. Uh, we've we done it. Close. it yeah. yeah, everyone's yeah. really close. We've, we've done him before, but Nicolas Cage. Man, I never remember. <laughs> I know. I never remember It's either. funny because we have done guys multiple times, and it's like, I don't remember I until I look remember. it up. But he's, I remember he's got issues with spending money, so I feel like he's maybe like... Yeah, but I think he still has money. I'm going to say 100 mil. And he works a lot. I'll I'm say 100 go, mil. I'm going to say 40 million. Okay. I'm going to say... 50 million, right in the middle. Uh, 25 million. Okay. Oh, I'm not even close. Okay. And then finally, last one, John Travolta. I think Travolta's held on to most of his money. Okay. I'm going to go with... No, he may have donated all to Scientology. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably donated <laughs> all to Scientology. I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 20 million for Travolta. Okay. I'll say 50. Okay. I'm going to say 100 million. Uh, closest LPJ, 170 million. All right. Oh, wow. All right. So, wow, so, I'm kind of surprised. He, he's not giving that money to Scientology. <laughs> or he just has enough where he can give a lot away and still well, have a bunch. That could be, too. So, there we go. It must have been that Battleship Earth movie you did that is really, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. really helped him I keep all that money. I think he funded himself. <laughs> then he should be in the negatives right you, now. You'd think. Um, <laughs> and the director we mentioned of this is John Woo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Famous uh, famous actor. Famous director, I mean. And this is your guy's, what, third John Woo movie? Maybe yeah. fourth? Fourth. The Killer. Uh, the Killer, Broken Arrow, oh, I forgot you oh, guys Hard Target. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, this, is wow. fourth. this is your guy's fourth and my first John Woo movie that we've this done. This movie yeah. throws up John Woo. <laughs> oh, there done. is so goddamn much John Woo in this. It's actually too much for me. You guys haven't done Hard Boiled yet? No. No, I see. That's what I had to do. I had to choose between Hard Boiled or The Killers. Okay. And I went with The Killers. Which I did. You know, that was one that I did yeah, enjoy. Yeah, good. Not, no, I do want to do hard boiled. <laughs> hard boiled, I think, is going to be that is the most over the top. That John one is Wu-ism. that one is the most John Woo movie you could possibly. John imagine. Woo rips that movie off to make this movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> That's interesting because I mean, the more we keep watching John Woo, the more I keep thinking this shit's like too much for me. Like I can't. <laughs> no, I can't stomach is, this. Hard boiled is, is so John Woo. It hurts. It's JCVD, right? No. Oh, it's not. Who it's is it? it's Chiang Fat. It's another one of those Hong Kong ones. Oh, it's a Hong Kong one. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and then the writers, uh, Mike Werb and Michael Collery. I don't really have much about them, but LPJ, did you see one of the movies they wrote together? What it was? Oh no! It was Darkman Three. Oh, die, die Darkman, Dark die. die. Which we still got to do the original Dark Man at some we point. We do, yeah. It must have as much writing as this movie has. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so this movie, uh, what do we do? Are we getting right into the plot? I, I, guess? I, I have no idea how we want well, to start this I guess movie. we'll start about the, mass, the concept of this film. So the essential conceit of this film is you've got John Travolta as Sean Archer, who is an FBI agent tracking... Nicholas Cage as Castor Troy, who is a terrorist, essentially. Yeah, like a gun for hire, almost. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so he gets word that Castor Troy has set this bomb in a building so- it's somewhere, in, in L.A., somewhere. Correct. He has no idea exactly where, and it's going to go off at some time and kill a bunch of people. 
So Travolta hunts Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage gets killed before Travolta can find out where the bomb is. So Travolta gets approached by this doctor and says, all right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you're going to get this information, the only way you could possibly get the information is from, is from Castor Troy's brother, Pollux. But he's not going to trust you unless... We take Nicolas Cage's face off of Nicolas Cage and put it on yours. And you become Castor Troy right down to the body, Which, the face. Which, what the... F- oh, I, all right, keep going. I got, I got so, and all that is so that so that John Travolta can can get in contact with... Pollux Troy. With Pollux Troy to figure out where this bomb is. But Pollux Troy is caught, and he's in prison. Right, in this weird-ass, like, supermax, like, comic booky prison yep. where they make the prisoners wear magnetic boots <laughs> right. to keep them in line. So all this time, so while, while, while John Travolta, so of course he can't tell anybody, there's only three people that know he's, he's done this and become Castor Troy. Yeah, because it's an off-the-books operation. Sure. So while he's off doing this in the prison, magically, Castor Troy comes back to life. Keyword there, magically. <laughs> magically. Without a face. Without a face. <laughs> Without a fucking face on his body. Looks around, figures out what's going on magically, <laughs> calls his boys. They figure somehow out. <laughs> they, they somehow figure out. Which doctor this is? With the mouth he doesn't. <laughs> they get the doctor, bring him back to the lab, put Travolta's face on Nicolas Cage's face, and then kill everybody. Yeah, not only kill the doctor, but also kill the only two other people in the FBI <laughs> that know that he went under. Which is like how he gets that information is unclear. I don't know. Oh, that's the only. <laughs> that's the only grape right there. <laughs> so then, Nicholas Cage as now Sean Archer. Well, I guess it's Travolta as <laughs> as Caster Troy. I guess you would call him. Takes over Sean Archer's life. Right. While while Nicholas Cage is stuck in jail. Right. And, and that's and then then madness ensues. Yeah, that I mean that's Jesus. that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he take over his life? I gotta ask. I don't. It's like a revenge thing. <laughs> I don't know. Because he wants to fuck his wife. That was that was the thing. Like, there's no logical reason for him to go take over the. He could just leave. He could have created so much more havoc. Being like, because didn't it seem like he was like second below the director of the fucking FBI? Yeah, he seemed like he was basically the yeah, right? Like, wasn't his boss like the director I mean, of I the mean, FBI? Until he like straight up killed that guy and <laughs> somehow convinced everyone that it was a heart attack. Yeah, like he was in charge of the FBI. He could have done anything he wanted, but he decided to just continue to live his life. Yeah, I don't get it. I guess the ultimate plot point, like his ultimate plan was to. What was his ultimate plan? Well, I think it was to to like get the information he needed and then go legit. I don't know. I like, don't, I don't know. really. He explains it at one point, but I don't think he would go legit. I thought. I thought he. I thought he said he just wanted to create havoc, like being in a position of power while not having a real like. 
want of it? I, I don't fucking know. what. I, I think he was like, man, life as a terrorist for hire is hard. Maybe I can just make a quick bank off this. But then and- he bitches about how much suburban, how awful suburban life is. Remember when he's <laughs> driving down the neighborhood? He's like, every house is the fucking same. Well, that's and true, too. This is horrible and all that. I, I don't know what Caster Troy's, like, w- what his ambition is here, what he's looking to do. Yeah, I guess I really can't figure that part out either. Um, yeah, there's really no rhyme or reason to it, <laughs> other than to, other than to you know get back at Archer, which is great. I love the fact that he sleeps with Archer's wife. Yeah, like immediately. <laughs> like, uh, like how oh, does she totally. not notice? How does she not notice? This is a different guy. Okay, how well, does the brother? How does the brother know that something's up? Yeah, that bugged me Why too. Why like, would the brother be like, "Oh, I wonder if someone yeah. switched faces with my brother"? And the, this guy's an imposter. That bugged the hell out of me when he shows up at prison and he's like immediately suspicious. It's like, why would you be suspicious ever if somebody, if LBJ walked up to me, hmm, maybe this is somebody who switched faces with LBJ. It's insane. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Why would he have any? reservation that that wouldn't be his brother i don't know but by the way <laughs> this is a great movie it is a, great a really movie. great movie it's ridiculous oh but I, no back to him banging his wife for yeah, a second yeah. so she's touched this penis yeah. right she hasn't noticed like oh there's something different here hun. i don't know what's going on well, did they redo the penis i think they did right they had to redo his whole body because it is fucking john travolta it's not nicholas cage yeah yeah and they, and they which doesn't the... make any sense how do you have a procedure where the entire like it's called face off did you not the, body off did you see by the way they they said like in the movie they're like oh well your guy's height div- height difference is negligible did you see what the actual height difference was between it's oh, like yeah. three inches or something and two inches two travolta's inches? two inches taller than cage that's a little more than negligible i feel like <laughs> yeah. you think yeah and 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 like this fucking movie (laughs) and they said the only discernible difference is their blood type (laughs) yeah and and (laughs) I don't I can't keep it together this movie's so fucking stupid yeah I I think like when you were giving your recap which was great you left out kind of the key element at the beginning is that the movie opens up with Caster Troy accidentally murdering Archer's child I sort of forgot that part (laughs) Which we have no idea why. I mean, it's just he's. I'm guessing because he's an FBI agent. Well, yeah, I think, we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to believe that he's been trying to catch him, to and so him he's down. like, "Well, yeah. I'm going to kill him to get him out of the way." But then he accidentally kills his son. So yeah. why doesn't he then just take another shot and kill Archer? Well, I think he sh- he shoots Archer, he not thought, realizing that his kid was there. He thought Archer yeah. was dead. He I didn't thought realize. there was a scene where he like was kind of looking to see. Did he just assume that he was going to? eventually sit there and die i don't know well he saw he took the shot it hit archer and went through him know, and also hit his kid. The son. and then and then somehow they're laying on the ground he I don't falls, know how, so they fall over uh, okay they fall over and then and then uh caster gets a better look at what's going on and he sees that oh travolta was holding his kid and his kid's dead remember that scene where nick cage is wearing that sweet mustache <laughs> <laughs> that's the first note i wrote down cage in a stash really because cage is a priest is my first note <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. god that i wrote down great. too the two him and the, and the brother caster and pollux look like fucking oasis <laughs> looks like we got <laughs> liam and noel Gall- gallagher oh, totally. <laughs> that's our villains of the movie here uh all right so so eventually, and he's so douchey in the beginning of that movie. Oh, I mean he's douchey, douchey in the whole movie. But I mean Nick Cage is 
full blown Nick Cage from the start of yeah, this film. Yeah, but you gotta admit they're. Their performances are over the top in the best possible way, though. Oh, yeah. They both know how over the top they're yeah. being. He sings with a choir and grabs a girl's ass. <laughs> I mean, come on. They are, they are both, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are chewing so much scenery in this oh movie between God. the two that they canceled craft services. <laughs> Would you say they were totally. chewing, chewing the scenery like a peach? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it is crazy. And let me ask you this. Like, this might not be the best time to ask it, but who does a better job, like, Nicholas Cage doing his John Travolta or John Travolta doing his Nicholas Cage? I think they're oh, both man. I think they both do a, an adequate job with each other. I mean, they spent those 2 weeks with each other coming up with weird um weird like twitches and things that they could imitate that they could each imitate and do. Yeah. So I, I think they did a good job with it. I'm going to give my vote to Travolta being Cage. Me, me too. I would give my vote because I feel like Nick Cage is just still being Nick Cage when he's supposed to be John Travolta oh. where like I think John Travolta does a better job trying to be Nick Cage. Yeah, because like one scene that pops out at me that's fucking ridiculous Nick Cage is when he's at when he escapes the prison and he, he goes to his friend's apartment or whatever. And Nick he takes Betty's. Yeah, and he takes that drug he <laughs> takes that drink and he's in the bathroom and he's got the fucking Nick Cage eyes like going all crazy. <laughs> I'm like, that's not John Travolta, that's Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Like that one really stands out. Yeah. What do you what do you think? What do you think about him? I, I think Travolta does a better job, but I think he's got the easier role because Nick Cage is more over the top than Travolta. That's true. It's easier to just kind of be like, <laughs> yeah, look yeah. at me. My eyes are bulging. I'm jumping around. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, so he, he, where do we even go from here? He fucking, we can go with helicopters. It's John Woo. We, we start with helicopters. All throughout. Remember, that's Broken Arrow's big thing. There's like six helicopters in that movie. And yeah, there's a blow bunch up. of helicopters. They all get blown up. We see the helicopter here, right? Because he's trying to... What's Travolta trying to do in the helicopter with the airplane? Uh, stop it from taking off? How? With a <laughs> helicopter? Is that happening? When he's just flying it? I don't really know. <laughs> he was playing chicken with the with the aircraft. And yeah, I don't know. Well, that was I mean, with the no Hummer. Idea. Oh, the Hummer, that's right. Yeah, you can't forget the Hummer first. Then then he somehow hopped in a already ready-to-go helicopter to stop yeah. the plane. Yeah, I don't know. Then you got Cage that just shoots everyone that can fly the plane. So then what's his exact, what's his next move here? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. You're asking these questions that have no answers. Obviously, he's there to get chased through an airplane hangar, then blown into a wall by a jet engine. <laughs> I will I will say this, though. I mean, for Cage to convey the evilness of Castor Troy, from the get-go, he is a sleazy, horrible, villain type of guy. You know? Yeah, totally. Like, he does a great job. He's kind of, you know, with the, with the gold guns, like, that's a cool kind of villain like gimmick. gimmick you can have. And then it is that scene in the hangar where he's just, he's blowing away all these agents, like just taking them out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely just shooting whatever he can. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the boat chase, believe it or not. <laughs> so the movie, of course, John Woo has to have boats. Mm -hmm. There's boats in like every John Woo. Killers, there is a boat. Yeah. You know, and, and I enjoyed that boat, that boat chase quite a bit. Like it's it. Yeah, it's like funny because it's like, oh yeah, when you like, you know, there's gonna be some birds and some doves in this sure. movie, and you're waiting and you're waiting, and then it's like, oh shit, there's a lot of birds when they shows up at that <laughs> there's funeral. There's a lot of birds at a church. <laughs> yeah, somebody shut the door. It's like 
that beachside church where they have the service for his boss where kind of everything goes down at the end of the movie and you have that like Mexican standoff with like five or six people holding guns on each other and and again John Woo so much fucking slow mo in this movie <laughs> there was a lot of slow motion in it. for times that you don't need slow mo like Travolta getting something out of his wallet is in slow mo. <laughs> like, why did we need that in slow mo? Right? Like, fucking Nick Cage turning on a car in slow mo. Like, why? Why are we doing these things in slow mo? John Woo likes him some slow mo. So crazy. I mean, John Woo was kind of the pioneer of the slow mo action, though. He is, and the jumping and the diving with the two guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie, too. I like, too, in the boat scene that you mention it, it's so obvious that it's not Nick Cage that is <laughs> yes. on the side of the boat. The guy looks, the guy has, like, long hair. <laughs> so, years ago, my girlfriend turned 21, and we were out drinking at the bar, mm-hmm. and Face Off was on at the bar. And me and the bartender started drinking every time that guy with long <laughs> hair came out. He's like, I shouldn't be drinking this much, man. And I'm like, no, we got to do it. Just downing shot after shot. I love the fact that it was on in a bar. Like, I feel like this is a movie that should be on in bars. Oh, it should be on on every bar at all times. And like, can we talk about how that boat chase ends with them? Like, hitting like yeah. the... And like, that boat like flips up in the air and they fly like 50 feet for some reason. <laughs> they, they should be dead. They, they like they're, they're totally so fine. far. They like run a ground and that boat's like all the way up on its end and they're like woo, flying through the air it's crazy and then the editing is poor on it because it looks so obvious to me that it was like shot in reverse <laughs> like the way that it just kind of goes flying it's like good lord like yeah. they just kind of like rolled it back I don't know. And then the, the, the fight at the end, I don't know, did the fight at the end seem kind of anticlimactic? Yes. Maybe a little bit, yes. yeah. You know, he sets it, up the standoff awesome and then it's just kind of like done. Killing with a harpoon is cool. Sure. I'll give that. That's a cool way to kill the Well, I the think villain. you meant in the church, right? Or did you mean the har- harpoon? I meant the harpoon. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant the church where they all have the standoff there. No, I mean, that seemed kind of anticlimactic too, where, he, where yeah, Nicolas Cage uh, uh, um, kidnaps his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant, okay, so with the harpoon, yeah, that's... It did, was does, cool he, he, does he stop the harpoon yes. in the middle of a shot? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah the way harpoons work, <laughs> harpoons are almost like a slingshot. So they're 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 like folded pieces of metal with um rubber like big rubber tubing and that unfolds and like flings the harpoon out. So that's how they work. So in reality you think someone could theoretically stop a harpoon yeah, from it works, that close. Yeah, believe it or not distance. it works on the same principle as like what an alligator's mouth works on. You can hold an alligator's mouth shut, you can't hold one open. That's why like a rubber band or a piece of tape will hold an alligator's mouth shut because they don't have a lot of strength going up. All their strength is going down. It, a harpoon works the same way. All right, so I'll buy that. But then doesn't he reshoot it into him? No, he no. doesn't reshoot it. It never fires. It he never blocks fires. it from firing by by gripping on to the two bands that unfold. Okay. So he blocks it before it gets to the point where it flings out. Got it. And then, and he, then like he kicks him or does something him, and he lets go and then, and then it, it fires. And then it gets him. Right. But while he's holding it, he's like trying, he's like, oh, you're not going to get your face back. And he's like kicking a <laughs> knife and he's like making like big, what should be scars on that dude's face. But then ah. when, 
But then when we see him at the end, he's uh, fine. You, you, uh, you saw them print in the ear. <laughs> if, yeah. if they have the technology to change someone's face, they can fix a scar well, too. Here, here's the big thing to me. It's like, this guy, that doctor's like, I invented this technology. Only I can do it. We have the special lab and all the stuff. He's dead. Lab's destroyed. And they're like, no, we're good. We're bringing in some people from DC. <laughs> yeah. We're going to fix your face. No problem. Like, yeah. how? What? Yeah, yeah they uh, they pulled together all the research. I'm like, all the research was destroyed in the lab. Next thing. Okay. So the wife calls the FBI and tells them that this face exchange happened. Is the FBI going to buy that? Apparently. Right? <laughs> like, 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 all you hear is that she's like, I know this is going to sound crazy when you be like yeah it's fucking crazy you're telling me that your husband ripped his face off and gave it to someone else oh we're gonna go with it and sure we'll meet you at the docks and see that this is true or not I mean, There's no way, right? I mean, they try and do set up. They do set up a little bit that like all his like people at the FBI are kind of like, I don't know, you're acting kind of weird. And but I mean, I don't think you'd enough that you jump to the conclusion and be like, oh well, he's it's it's somebody wearing his face. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't you don't jump to those conclusions when this is going on. But I mean, like, oh, do we want do we want to talk a little more about the science in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the daughter in this movie for oh, a second. Oh, okay, yeah. Because we totally glanced over that. There's a whole scene where Travolta gets really rapey with the daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Danny Masterson's a creep, and he's like, oh, you got to stab that fucker. Yeah. Yeah. And Travolta beats the crap out of Danny Masterson in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, does. I would beat the crap out of Danny Masterson, too, but... Because actually, he is a creeper in real life now, yeah. right? Isn't oh, yeah. He's been in yeah, trouble. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah, He's been part of the Me Too fall down. He's one of those names. Oh, and, and, and Travolta gives her that switchblade, which comes into play later when she stabs him in the leg. Which, yep. is that true? If you uh, stab and twist, can the wound not heal? Anyone know? I don't well, know. Well, it won't heal very well without, like, stitches. It won't close on its own. Yeah, it's kind of the uh, philosophy behind shanking someone. You do uh -huh. multiple cuts in there to do the damage, more so than just stabbing deep in. All right. Right. So he was giving some real advice then, I guess, in a yeah. way. Yeah. Nice fatherly advice. Stab <laughs> yes. and twist. Stab and twist. Fantastic fatherly advice. She stabs him after he licks her face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. So who, who else's face got licked? Someone else. Did he, did he lick the? No, he didn't lick the uh, the choir girl's face. He just no. grabbed her. No, butt, but grabbed Cage, I feel like did do the other lick. I don't remember, but I don't I, remember, I, I'm not going to argue that someone else's face got licked <laughs> in this. It seems about right for where this movie's yeah, going. There, there could be ten face licks in this. I'd buy, I'd buy it. Well, there is the weird like face. Yeah, the face wipe thing that they do. That is so annoying. <laughs> it's like, how would you describe it, LPJ? It's like, like if you take your hands and gently run them down someone's face from the top of their forehead <laughs> down to their chin. <laughs> like barely touching them. Speaking of chins, John Travolta is touching his chin for half of this fucking movie. Do you notice that? It was so distracting. I didn't notice that at all. Like, throughout the first 40 minutes of the movie, when he's like, I gotta catch, gotta catch Caster Troy. Oh, what decisions am I gonna make? He is never stopping this movement. Of a sh I hope our listeners can hear me rubbing well, my chin. Well, they definitely can't see you. <laughs> no, but Travolta is just doing this for, like, the entire movie. He never stops. I feel like we've done nothing but cut this nuts. movie down, but I want to remind everyone who's listening, this movie is great. It's so good. It's it is so good. It's so good. And the insanity of it. Before yes. we started recording, I told everybody this is the best movie to watch drunk, and I stand by that. If you're drunk, this is a movie you can zone in and out of, and you just love every minute of it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. This movie is so I love this movie. Um, I want you to take this face 
and burn it. <laughs> Just take this face and burn it. It, it like I, I do like, and I know we're jumping all around, but I feel like that's what this movie warrants. Like <laughs> the, the beginning of the movie is uh, Nicolas Cage setting that bomb. And he's like, oh, because there's going to be some kind of event at the place where there's these Supreme Court justice, Supreme Correct. Court yeah. justices. But it's like, yeah, it's going to go off in six days. It's like, why didn't you just? <laughs> why didn't you wait? Why didn't you wait a couple days to plant it? Like that's insane. Where they're like, we only have six days to find out where he put it. We're like, what? And and was he asking for a ransom or anything? Like was he asking for money? No, what was I he think, asking. For? I think he, he was hired by like a militia group to do it. Is what they kind of say. But, but we don't know anything about this militia group. Mm, they talk about it, I think, a little bit. Basically, basically, he got paid to make the bomb and plant it for them because they wanted to get rid of these Supreme Court. But I guess what's his role? Because isn't it his brother that actually made the bomb, not him himself? Brother, he's... Well, they're it, like a team. Yeah, his brother's the brains. He's the brawn. All right, fair enough. So... Um, and then they, they maybe talk about the prison a little bit because we mentioned the boots, but like the whole thing about the prison is like, well, they wear these magnetic boots so we can like lock them down. And they're all like, it's so annoying because all the scenes are all like shuffling along. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, they, they said that each one of those boots, I think they said weighed like 25 pounds each or Good something. Lord. <laughs> But it's like they weigh you down, but not enough to stop Nicolas Cage from getting in a fight immediately and throwing kicks when he gets to that prison. Oh, yeah. I like how they essentially call this place Gitmo, right? Like, you, there's no Geneva Convention here. Like, we can do whatever we want to you. It's like, mm, don't know if that's really true or not. And then I like how it's like just off the coast of, of the land. Like, yeah. wouldn't you have this prison like hundreds of miles away from shore? So when Nick, when Travolta or Nick Cage, whatever, escapes, it's like the land is right there. It's like, this is too easy of a getaway. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. And, and, and like, okay, so coming at it from, from a, just a construction aspect of it. So for them to run... The magnetic boots, A, they have to have some kind of metal floor throughout the entire place, which it looks like they have, right? Mm -hmm. But then the entire floor would have to be charged electrically so that they could induce a magnetic field to turn the boots on. Which, wouldn't that weigh, like, super crazy in terms of weight? Not so much that. The power required to do that (laughs) for that place would be more than, like, the power consumption of half of the United States. (laughs) Like, they would have to have been, they would have to have built this particular, this particular prison next to the Hoover Dam. And, like, all the power from the Hoover Dam running this one prison. How did the guy survive getting electrocuted? Was on the ground throwing up nearly at death but then just miraculously gets up and is able to start kicking ass oh the guy that he so, gets in the fight with yeah, so the Nick prison. Can, so right so archer's grand plan is that he's going to start a fight so that he can get electrocuted to death because that's when they take the boots off and the guy before him that conveniently oh, at that yeah. moment is about to get killed doesn't get no killed. No, 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 no they're not killing them that's punishment to, a, to, yeah. to fry them. They're not. They're not doing enough to kill them. They're just uh, electrocuting them as like a like an electroshock therapy th- to kind turn of thing. them into a vegetable. Because sure. he was like like foaming at the mouth, vomiting, yeah. about to die. Yeah. So he's on the ground, like about to die, 
And somehow, as soon as he gets the cue from Archer that we're going to fight it out, he's like 100% health. Let's do this. Well, I, th- oh, he- I think he's a little bit wobbly at the beginning. You know, I think he gets his uh, sea he legs. He gets on his feet pretty damn he quick. Gets, he gets his sea legs as the fight goes on. He's a little wobbly at the start. <sighs> I, My- oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> you I, I got nothing on that. <laughs> <laughs> my, I mean, my big gripe is like, and again, jumping around a bit, but when uh, Nick Cage wakes up without a face and he like wakes up in that <laughs> hospital room and like John Travolta's face is in a jar right outside his, like it's out the window of his hospital room. It's just sitting right there. Why? Why is that face so close to well? Like it's just sitting out in the open in a jar for him to look at immediately when he wakes up. Yeah, because how much time do you think has passed since? Because they said it took him about two days to heal up, right? I think so. Yeah. So is they left Caster Troy's supposedly dead but faceless body there for two days? He's not dead though, right? He's I think in a they coma. Just say he's in a coma. Yeah. So why are you still leaving him unattended? He's a mass murderer. Wouldn't you have at least one security guard here to like be like, oh shit, or have him locked down? Right. Like he just gets up and starts wandering around, and or or why why when he like <laughs> when. Uh, Sean Archer is in Caster Troy form. Like they talk about the voice thing that makes him sound like it. Why doesn't he try and like hit himself in the throat or do something? Because they're like they make a point of being like, "Whoa, well, any like punch to the throat will destroy it." Like, why doesn't he like do <laughs> do something like violent <laughs> yeah. to his throat to try and knock that out so he sounds like himself? I, that's a great question. I don't know because they make a point of like this is how we're gonna make you sound like him, but be careful because any like. If you if you hit this too much or whatever, it won't work, and it's like, but then it never comes up again. It does at the very very end. Oh, does it? Yeah, because he gets his voice back at the end. That's how he convinces. Um, is that that's how he convinces? I think Joan Allen. No. Yeah, because he says, "Don't." No, he doesn't say, "Don't listen to the." He tells her a story about their first date, and she's yeah. like, "Oh," and then then he, he's like, "Check our blood types," and she's like, "Okay," and she does, and then yeah. she believes. Yeah, him. but the, the voice thing comes into play where he's talking like himself at the end. He does it to the daughter when she's held hostage. Maybe that, yeah, the, that's yeah, the what the voices it is. are changing. On that's them. what it okay. is. Okay, right. yeah, because she's all confused. She doesn't know what's going on, so he's trying to like clear it up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So, I like as well. So, oh, no, go ahead. Jumping around with that. Yeah, because we're all because over. we talked about the voices going all over the place. Mm-hmm. What is with the mirrors? It could it be more on the nose? <laughs> There's a mirror in almost every scene of this freaking movie. I don't know if you guys noticed this, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I noticed that this watch, uh-huh. every scene, there's something reflective. It's so weird. You're right. There's a mirror. Just something there to remind them that they're not who they are every single time. <laughs> it's true. Every it's true. Time. I do have a note that says lots of mirrors. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Get it? They change faces. They're looking. Mirrors. It's like, it's really, yeah, you're right. It's like 100% in your face the whole movie. I love. I do love that part. Where they're standing back to back. Yeah. Obviously, there's a mirror on either side of them. Yeah. And they're they're having that talk, and then they just turn and they start shooting. Yeah, each other. Like, yeah. Let's just kill each yeah, other. Yeah. What is that line like where that. they're talking? They say something that they're like like Plan B. Let's just kill each other. And that's when they like turn around and start like. Yeah, shooting. I remember that being in the previews. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely in the previews. So, but I mean, yeah, the all. I mean, this for the insanity of this movie, I'd say that all the action sequences are all pretty solid. Oh, they're great. The main, I'd say, the main three: the beginning, like plane scene chase, the in the middle, you kind of get that 
well, the prison escape is an action sequence, but you also get that shootout at Nick Cassavetti's hideout, and then the big prolonged kind of fight into the boat chase scene at the end. So, um, obviously, Nick Cage and uh, John Travolta were, were pretty well matched in this. So I want to bring up my role reversal now. Okay. So there are several pairs of actors that were considered for this role. The first two were going to be Schwarzenegger and Stallone. <laughs> do you think the movie would have been better or worse? How could you do a face-off with those two? I don't, I don't know how it would have worked, but that's... I feel like that would have just been escape plan. I think you're probably right. <laughs> I think that movie would have just been escape plan. Uh, the next two were Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas, who were signed on to it. And then eventually Michael Douglas is just became a producer of the film. Michael Douglas produced this film? Yeah. It's it's hard to say because I feel like any of these other combinations, my opinion is any of these other combinations might have worked, but it's not the same movie. Right. Like this movie is fueled by the manic energy of John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. It's like It's like what makes it so unique. So I think any of these, you could probably have a good movie, but it's a different movie. I guess I read that originally Nick Cage didn't love the idea of it because he, he did, thought he was being the good guy. No, so he maybe he, he didn't did, want to be the he villain. He didn't oh, want to be the villain. villain. He but wanted he, to be the good guy. But then he was like, oh, I actually get to be the good guy for most of the movie. So yeah. then he was like, okay, I'm on board. We'll just, yeah, uh, I have Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin. Mm, I actually don't like that one. I don't like no, that pairing at terrible. all. Uh, another scene sure. <laughs> Al Pacino and Robert, and Robert De Niro. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool. Okay, I could see them mimicking each other yeah. very yeah. well, but it wouldn't be fun. No, it would have essentially just been heat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then good old JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Steven Seagal. Oh, <laughs> I want that movie. Oh, Is man. that going to be the face-off remake? Because let's do it. Well, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, we, he just said face-off remake. Four days before we're sitting down <laughs> yeah. to record this, they announced that Paramount's looking into doing a face-off remake. <laughs> which, which in all kind of craziness, somehow, Hovercraft Joe, you, you, you kind of briefly mentioned it, is the technology kind of sort of getting there with 3D printing to be somewhat more real to what this movie is doing? I mean, obviously you cannot change the physiology of a human body. But, I mean, face transplants happen, I guess. Yeah. 3D printing can now exist. They grow ears. Right? They grow body parts. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's maybe... I, here's what I think. I, I still think it's insane, but I think maybe nowadays you could explain it a little better. And This movie's just kind of like, yeah, we'll take your face off and put it on there. It's fine. Where if you did it now with the technology that exists, you could maybe make it seem a little more realistic. Because I still think, it's like, I think you can give someone a new face. I don't think you can give someone someone else's face. Yeah. Like I still, But I think you could maybe make it seem like it makes a little more sense with the technology that exists in this day and age. Yeah, because they don't really explain like how you got to stretch the face <laughs> and make it just no it, work like like <laughs> like pigmentation they, i read something that they wanted one person uh was going to be black how <laughs> would they have done that i don't know <laughs> did anyone else read that one of the person one of, it was going to be a white guy and a black guy that were going to switch faces maybe it was going to be not so much they're physically removing the faces maybe it's they're going to be like changing their brains out or <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. This movie doesn't try. I mean, and I get it if what the movie yeah, is, it but it does try not try scientific. with the science at all. They're just like, yeah, I got this thing. We'll take off your face. We'll cut your hair. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, really thinking about how Conair came out 
a week or two before or after this movie. I, I might have to say 96, 97 is the peak of crazy ass shit action movies, <laughs> right? I mean, do you remember when you and I, LPJ, were going over Con Air and how fucking ridiculous that movie was? Yeah, no, I'd say you're right. And, and I would say that this is peak, peak uh, this Nick is, Cage. Right? Like, I mean, he didn't get any bigger than this at any point. No. No. This is, yeah, this is like the... Like the, the Con Air in this movie. But I just think for the genre in general, I mean, uh, the, how much crazier do you go beyond this? This is a wild concept. Yeah, I don't know that you can <laughs> go crazier than this. Right? I mean, until you start to purposely explore the supernatural with, like, superhero movies and stuff like that. Sure. Like, you can't be any more trying to be in reality while not being in reality. You know what I mean? You just, you just, you, you reached the peak. This is as fucking batshit crazy as you could get in an idea that they're trying to make plausible, but there's no way it is. <laughs> well, that being said, we should probably write this thing. <laughs> Wait, there, there's two more things I oh, wanted sorry. to mention. I had one more thing I wanted to bring up, oh, too. Oh, I'm sorry, please. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we're just... We're all over the place. Yeah. I got one, too. So all right. Right. Let's do it. All right, the two things I wanted to mention. One, they said that scene, uh, the shootout at uh, uh, Nick Cassavetti's when they played Somewhere Over the Rainbow, as we mentioned, yep. that like the studio did not want that scene in the movie, so John Woo paid like out of pocket to film I the scene that, and put yeah. it into the movie. And I think they ended up reimbursing him after the movie. Anyway. Yeah, because it was a success. And the other thing I want to mention, which is just an anecdote I read, they said that Joel Schumacher visited Nick Cage on the set of this movie yep. to offer him the role of the Scarecrow in the fifth Batman movie, which didn't end up getting made. I read oh, that, Oh, I too. did not know that. Which Batman and Robin just opened right before this in 97. Oh, right. God. Yeah. Talking about same level summer. of fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. a batshit crazy summer. God. Yeah. So we talked about the remake for a second. Who would you guys cast in the remake? Oh. Two actors nowadays. Oh, man. The Rock. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on what type of movie you wanted to make. Because I could see, I could see like, give like, me The Rock and Dave Batista. I thought you were going to say The Rock and John Cena for a second. <laughs> oh, you know, I would take that too. You know, because I could see like they did with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You could see, um, oh, like Brad Pitt and Leo. Yeah, Brad Pitt yeah. and Leo doing it. Yeah. Um, mine is Keanu Reeves and Chris Pine. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I'd watch that. I'm going to say Keanu Reeves as Caster Troy and uh, Chris Pine as Sean Archer. Nice. I'm going to throw out Damon and Wahlberg together. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I could see that one. Yeah, that could work. I like that idea. Little Departed Reunion. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. LPJ does not have one. (laughs) No, I had one. Oh, I I said uh, uh, DiCaprio and... uh, Oh, that's right. I was too busy busy formulating mine. (laughs) Yeah. I was the first one to, to say one. Oh, sorry. That was a good question. <laughs> All right. And, and here's my thing. This is stupid, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, if you ha- are disguised as someone else and you have someone else's face on, is it considered rape? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. I thought so, too. But I was <laughs> right. Like, pretty much if, if uh, Castro Troy has sex with uh, Sean Archer's wife, he just pretty much raped her, right? Yeah, as long as she doesn't know that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But Sean Archer's daughter's totally on the table. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and with that, it's time to rate this movie.
All right, there. I'm exhausted after <laughs> talking about this. So thing. Uh, we ran in a five machine gun scale. You can do half machine guns. You can go first, or you can uh, defer to one of us. I'm gonna defer to you guys, and I'm gonna go after that. All right, I'll go first. I think this movie is great. <laughs> um, it's so bananas. I mean, it is bizarre. But in the best possible way. And Travolta and Nick Cage are equally over the top and equally great in this movie. Um, and it's it's just a fun watch. It is just a fun, fun watch. It's not a perfect movie, so I'm not going to go five, but I will go four and a half with this. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what crack cocaine are you on? I'm going to go four and a half. Four and a half machine guns yep. for this pile of shit? Yes. Oh my God. Well, Sphinx, why don't you go? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't find words for this movie. Like, we have been just having this conversation with the four of us, like we are lacking ways to comprehend and justify and discuss what the hell we saw in this movie. It is so fucking bizarre. We didn't come close to all the little things I wanted to bring up because it's just so insane of a movie in its stupidity uh, and believability and the acting is horrible in an over-the-top way. Nothing, this movie infuriated me. I'm like, what the, you, this can't happen. This can't be a real movie. Like, I felt like this was like a dream. Like, how is this real? How did Hollywood allow this movie to exist? That's exactly how I expected him to react. <laughs> I, I, I can't put words to the shit that well, this movie became well, put a rating to it let's go god it's one machine gun what Whoa. this movie is so it is an insult to movies wow. this movie is an insult to movies and an insult to action movies this is why people hate action movies because of the stupidness and and the unbelievability and the insanity that this movie tried to produce wow wow uh all right well i guess i'll go I, <laughs> this is, there's a lot going on uh i feel like i'm kind of in between you two on this because i think that lpj is a little too kind and i think maybe sphinx is a little too mean to it this is not a perfect movie uh, obviously it doesn't make any sense, but the performances I find to be fun. Like they're over the top, but that's how they're supposed to be. This movie is too long. When I started watching it and I was like, this is two and a half hours long. I was like, Oh shit. Like, I feel like you could lop a half hour off this. Cause there are significant portions in between the action set pieces in this. Like it goes up after that first action scene, it goes a long time till you get to the second one. And I'm like, Ugh. so I don't know. I think you chop off a half hour, maybe make it a little tighter, but uh, overall I'm kind of right in the middle on this. I'll give it three machine guns. So I'm leaning more towards four. I think you cannot get a movie this crazy anymore. <laughs> Name any For good action reason. movie. Can you think of any action movie that went this balls to the wall? The Meg came out. It was about a giant shark, and it didn't go that ridiculous. The Fast and the Furious movies are just priding off of the ridiculousness that this set the standards for. So I'm going to give it four out of five. <laughs> that man knows what he's talking about. We are all over the board <laughs> on this one. 
I'm just shaking my head. I, the, it, it's just, it, it's too much. It is too much of everything. It, it, there are some parts of it that are fun, and that's why it is getting one machine gun. I would, I would wow. argue, I would argue though that the too much is what they were going for. Yeah, though. yeah. like it's not by they didn't make it, and they. Like, yeah, this is what. And that's what I'm angry about is they knew it was too much, but they knew it was gonna make the <laughs> they money. Did, they didn't. They make- knew this movie was a pile of shit. And they did it anyway. Well, then why is the Rotten Tomato score so high? I don't know. It blows my goddamn mind. What was it at? 92. 92. Obviously. Uh, what What did these people say? I don't know. I didn't get into the nitty gritty of the reviews. God, but... I really want to look it up real quick. Well, you have to look it up on your own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk to talk. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, so if anybody liked listening to the sound of my voice, I'm on uh, Noiseland Arcade here on GameZilla Media with uh, Craig WK. Every week we break down an episode of The Simpsons. We're currently going through Season 3 of The Simpsons, and we just got through the lost episode, so to speak, now that Michael Jackson's episode is gone. So give that one a listen if you guys liked it. And even if you don't like it, go listen to it anyways, (laughs) because we put a lot of work into it. Craig keeps asking me what episode I liked. So I can be on. I got to figure out which, what episode that's going to be. Because like three season, like three, four, five is like my sweet spot. Like those, that's a great season. Those We're right there. So I know. I got to pick. <laughs> I got to pick. I guess the uh, the monorail episode was season, was that was season, that's season two? Four. That's season four? Yep. I think somebody already claimed that one. So I had to be careful. <clears throat> that's can a great I, episode too. Can I read a couple of these, please? We, we got a few minutes. Quickly. All right. I promise. Quickly. Newsweek, Wu, a master of poetic carnage, mixes kitsch, sadism, sentiment, and comedy with choreographic precision. A gorgeously shot, repetitively violent, occasionally repellent, sometimes silly and consistency trashy fantasy, Wall Street Journal. It's sick, slick, and sensational. (laughs) I won't pretend that I completely enjoyed it, but it certainly has a few elements that I've never seen before. Action aficionados will undoubtedly slobber all over themselves. It's. I, I feel like they got paid to say these things that don't really say anything. I don't know. I think man. you're just in the minority here, man. <laughs> I, I, this world has gone topsy turvy on me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand what it happened. certainly has. <laughs> I, I well, anyway, we want to thank <sighs> Arcade Phantom for. For joining us, we appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to upset you with such a great <laughs> yeah. movie. I am so, I am even <laughs> so more glad you brought this movie yeah, now no, than I was I, earlier. I am happy you brought the movie up because it was one that I hadn't seen since I was a kid, and it was one I, I just I did have a memory of enjoying it as a kid, and I just I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Why here? don't you just go back to being a kid and stop I, being such a big damn adult? Yes, I, I should, man. Just let it go sometimes, man. Jeez. Well, I, I'm glad we watched it. I hadn't seen it I, in a long time, and it, it, it was it was fun to revisit it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. happy with this movie. Uh, <laughs> so we are, of course, the Last Action Podcast, coming yes, to you every Mondays. We got uh, the flagship show, GameZilla Media, records on Mondays live. You can watch them. Uh, and then they release on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we've got me and Sphinx and a couple other people on uh, Noobs and Dragons. Yep. And then, uh, we got anything on Thursday? Oh, yeah, Legend of Retro. Legend of Retro is on, on Thursdays. Yep. And then uh, you guys on Sundays. Yep. We're rocking the Simpsons on Sundays. Full, full slate of shows. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I know you guys release at 7 a.m. I kind of kind of want you guys to release at like 8 p.m. when the show used to be on. <laughs> 
The show is still on at 8 p.m., isn't it? The show is not still on. It died (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Fair enough. I see you and Craig are in agreement about fan fiction episodes here. I go a little further than he does, but not much. Not much. Fair enough. Either way, there is so much that um, our listeners can enjoy all throughout the week. We've got streamers. We've got blogs. There is all sorts of stuff for you to enjoy. So please do not forget patreon.com slash games of the media help us keep the bills getting paid each and every month um if you really do support us and love us and want us to continue to do what we do um you know we would love to have some support so all right i'm like sweating over here yeah you you look like you're about to vomit this movie really really did me all right hit the button all right (laughs) so this episode of the last action podcast has been terminated but we'll be back 